Hello, Fort Worth. What is up? What is up? Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. We are a show about local politics that aims to get more people like you engaged in local issues. Thanks again for joining us. My name is Anthony Sosa. I'm here today with Thomas Moore to discuss the crazy state of our country and state. Um, normally, we're a very local issues-focused show, um, but because of the recent Supreme Court decisions and just kind of the overall vibe and uh, uh, new direction of our country, that is kind of what we spend most of this talk talking about, uh, kind of pondering what the future could be, hitting on different you know episodes of the past, uh, as well as a bunch of the a bunch of news stories that we've been meaning to hit, but we don't really spend a lot of time digging into them and quoting them like we normally do. We just kind of uh, just kind of talk about them more in the abstract and 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 ponder ponder the world. I'll go ahead and admit right now to you, listener. Uh, I think a lot of this episode is kind of um, colored with my mood when we recorded it. I have a couple of very close friends of mine who who lost their house. Their house burnt down a couple of days ago. And uh, I'm going to provide a link below in the show notes if you would be interested in donating. They would be very, very, uh, you know, appreciative of that to help them get back on their feet. We have a GoFundMe. Two very well-known uh, musicians here in the DFW area, uh, Christopher Chill Hill and um, uh, Dale Brunson. Both of them, uh, unfortunately, had an electrical fire at their house a couple of days ago. So I recorded this, you know, with that on my mind. We don't talk about that in the podcast, but I just want to let you know that's, I think, uh, it's a little... A little more lower energy than some of our other episodes, a little more meandering and philosophical, perhaps. So I just want to give you a heads up on that. Um, however, uh, let me finish my liner notes and we'll get to the uh, we'll get to the rest of the episode. As always, all the resources that we use will be provided below in the show notes. So you can go look at this stuff yourself. Uh, and this podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth based nonprofit. You can sign up for our newsletter and uh, get you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say, I need to rewrite this because we wrote this about two years ago and we were doing these things. We're not doing deep dives on the newsletter anymore. We're a volunteer based organization. Um, that hasn't happened in a while. So I'll just check us out. We got a website, justicereformleague.net. That's where you can get a hold of us. That's where our website is. That's where these episodes are also located. And there is a couple of things on our blog. I'll, I'll reframe it like that. Uh, we'll fix this for next episode. However, please contact us if you have any ideas for episodes or any news stories you want us to cover, any info or anything on local candidates or anything. If you want to be on the podcast, if you're a part of an organization and you would like to spread the word about your local organization or any issues, fundraisers, what have you, if you if you are doing good here in the Fort Worth area uh, and you need exposure, hit us up. We'll, we'll, we'll feature you guys. We'll talk about you guys on the podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at FW Review. You can hit us up on Instagram at Fort Worth Freedom Review. And you can send us an email at our Gmail, uh, Fort Worth, I'm sorry, FWFreedomReview at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. I don't know, man. Things are crazy, dude. Like, we were supposed to record this on Sunday, and we already had a lot of to right. talk about. And, you know, I had technical issues on my end, which is why we're doing it on Thursday. And, like, I feel like things are just getting crazier like by the day yeah. yeah like yeah man like i don't know like we got a long list of stuff on here i don't even know if we'll get to all of it like there's just so much to talk about <laughs> like what do you what are you how are you feeling about all this the past couple of weeks of stuff supreme court decisions and just um the, the climate in honestly America. it's it's at the point where i'm dissociating a little bit because like 
there's just so much of it. Like it's been, we're supposed to record it Sunday, right? Yeah. There's already been two mass shootings and attempted mass shootings. Someone can bomb the Georgia uh, Stones. I didn't even hear that. Are you serious? I didn't even know about that. Yeah the the little stones the little stone tablets they have for like the survival of humanity. Yeah, yeah. It, someone straight bombed that shit, and I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to scare people about the whole Hedron Collider thing. Because when they ran it, that's when they decided to detonate it. But the thing is, that had nothing to do with the collider because there was an explosive device found and they just happened to detonate it around the same time. Did they like destroy them or damage them or those guide stones? Oh, they're gone. Wow. Really? Whoa. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's another thing, I suppose. I didn't even know about that. Like, man, like, I'm seeing all these Doomer seem very much like a Doomer sort of mentality online right now. Um, among the left, obviously, yeah. like, the right is, like, like having a field day and having parties and popping champagne and stuff. But, like, it's, uh, and I don't want to, like, I don't want to feed into that. Like, certainly, there are things that can be done, should be done. But it, I don't know. It is starting to feel kind of futile at this point like i don't know but it's you know it's like the people are obviously feeling very strongly about you know one way about certain things and then like the government and those in power are just like very obviously going in the other direction you know and it's just like very flagrantly like anti-democratic stuff going on here especially with the supreme court you know because these people aren't elected they're appointed and so it's just like something's gonna have to you know, give something's going to have to happen. Like, I guess this is helping Democrats out in, for the midterms, maybe in theory. Like, that's what people are saying now. Like, Beto is now polling a little bit better than he was. And this is, you know. We're, we're still looking at about a 52 Republican majority in, that, in the Senate, which is more oh, than... Yeah. Which is less than they normally get. Now, if they keep fucking up, we might be able to keep the Senate and they might only get the House. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm really curious to see this. It's weird. Usually midterm elections are not super mm-hmm. important or pivotal or whatever, but like this really is going to be kind of a, a make or break sort of scenario, uh, I think. Also, and it's not Texas based. It's but like kind of more versus Harper because it's got really big implications. Say that again. We got to talk about more versus Har- Harper because it's got really big implications. Basically, which one's that one? What it's saying is, um, they can make any gerrymandered. Uh, Oh no! Oh no! It's glitching out. I'm sorry, dude. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. So Moore versus Harper, basically, um, deciding whether or not a group of politicians can gerrymander a state as much as they want regardless of how much of an advantage it, it gives one party. So in other words, the Republicans could gerrymander everything to high hell and there wouldn't be shit Democrats would do about it. Great. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, I guess, you know, in the places where Democrats run things, I guess that'll, you know, weigh things more in their favor, too. But again, you know, we're not a Democratic Party, you know, uh, Stan over here at this point. Yeah. Like we're not, you know, that doesn't Dude, necessarily mean anything. Where are their balls? Like. The fuck is, this is not my grandfather's Democratic Party, okay? Like, I mean, the thing there is, there was a time when Democrats were so much tougher than Republicans. It's not even funny. I'm not even talking about like Southern Republicans. I mean, like they would. Yeah, like I don't know. I mean, obviously, the these parties have been around for a long time, and they've definitely changed over the decades. You know, century plus that they, you know, they don't, yeah. they don't stand for the same things that they used to stand for. But that being said, like. This is they're they are responding exactly as you know is in their best interest. Like they too don't really want any of these things to change. They don't really care about any of this stuff. Um, you know, mm -hmm. and they just it just they just want to maintain whatever power they've got by, you know, signaling, virtue signaling or whatever to their base and saying, Oh, we're gonna do this, oh, we're gonna do that, let's put a flag on it, you know, or and they're doing absolutely nothing, exactly. you know. Because they 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 don't really care. They don't really care about the regular American people. They don't really care about these ideals and these rights. I've been listening. There's this podcast I listen to called What's Left of Philosophy. And one of their more recent episodes, they were talking about this guy, Boggs. I can't remember his first name, but this theorist. And his essential conception of, of rights. And then I was uh, reading some Helen Keller quotes. And she essentially says the same thing. Uh, and that's like their perception of, of rights is like, what are you actually capable of doing? And like, you can say these are preordained by God and all humans deserve these rights. But if you don't actually have them right now, like then those rights don't actually exist. Uh, and she's really talking about like women's suffrage. Like that's kind of the main issue of the time when she's making these. Right. Rights. But like, it's still the exact same thing. Like it's just a stark, it's going to be really like weird to teach history this year because like usually the story of America as whitewashed as it is and as like watered down as it is, is usually more rights and more progress over time. And people fought for these rights or whatever, but like, but now we're going backwards. Like we're taking rights away, like from half of the population. Women don't have autonomy over their bodies anymore. They do not have freedom over their bodies. Um, uh, and that's just like a really big, that's a big shift in like what America, what we tell ourselves, like America actually stands for. And so it's just like, I don't know, man, that we, what, what rights do we actually have in this country? Do you, you know, whatever, whatever intersectionality you fall under, like what rights do you actually have? Uh, and then we can kind of look and see, you know, America really isn't all, we're not standing up to our values. We're not, we're not living up to what we say we stand for. And so it's just like, we, you know, we can't, we're not going to be able to continue to lie to ourselves very much. We've been lying to ourselves forever, but like, I think because of the internet and because <laughs> of the, the feeling of people, uh, about their lived situations, you know, the, the material conditions here that we're all experiencing, most of us, you know, the, the 98% of us or whatever, like we're th this. And then like the political world that we're seeing is just being like the mirror opposite, you know, and then just constantly lying to us. Something's going to break. Something's got to give. And so it's like, I don't like, I don't know. I, I want, I wanted to, with this episode to kind of run down the different Supreme court decisions and like talk about how, cause we don't normally cover that on this. We're usually focused on local issues, but because these are, you know, this is right. a national thing. It's going to affect us here just as much as it is everyone else. Like I want to do that, but you know, 
it's almost like to what end? Like, you know, like, I don't know, Thomas. I'm sorry. I'm struggling here. Like, I don't. I feel you. I don't know what to here, say about Here's this. the thing. Um, you know, hope springs eternal. Because here's the way I look at it. The only way things are going to get better is if we keep doing things to, to make, take efforts to make it better. And the thing is, we might plant the tree, but we might not get to see the tree grow. You get uh, what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. This is a Jewish proverb, right? Or probably, probably. I heard sounds like something they'd say. I heard a quote on that same podcast. They were having someone talk talk about um, Walter Benjamin, uh, Benjamin, uh, and this. I, I'm messing it up, but it's essentially what you just said, where it's like you. Um, can't desist from the work or you know you know you shouldn't desist from the work even though you might not be you know here to see the the work finish or the the end of the work like that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still be doing it right like this work has value doing these things making the world a better place like is a is a you know a worthwhile endeavor but like still know that you might not see that you know final product and that's okay i think that's a good message you know uh you're right yeah. like this you know we can't we can't get beaten down but like i don't know man like what are we gonna do here in texas right like so here let me just run down all the random things that we've got on here so we got good news i guess there's a good news thing that we can talk about is the the resolution in denton like the city of denton yeah passing a you know largely symbolic um resolution but still that's just that's a super important symbol to be putting out there and an important first step essentially what they've done is that they're you know decriminalizing abortion essentially in, in denton they're asking the police to not prosecute and not and asking you know the city essentially to not spend money uh you know pursuing these sorts of things to not prosecute um and so austin's doing this too there's a few cities do you know anything about Austin's resolution? You sent that TikTok out. I do want to put that down on the thing too of of that Austinite referring it's, to their resolution. It's basically the their resolution. Um, what happened was a the girl in the TikTok started drafting the legislation for it, but she's modeled it heavily off of the uh, memorandum for marijuana when they decriminalized marijuana, and they basically just re replaced everything about marijuana with abortion in it. In it so. That's what they're going to be voting on. Nice. I don't know if they actually have things to vote. But yeah, but probably, probably sometime soon, though. So yeah. Amber's yeah. leading the, she was kind of part of the Medicare for All working group in the ESA. And that has kind of become, like, since this decision, like an abortion rights thing as well. Um, and so she's, right. they're currently working on a resolution for Fort Worth. They're not quite done with it yet, but they're reaching out to multiple organizations, seeing if they want to sign on. Uh, and I believe it's very similar in kind of what you're talking about with Austin did. They were basing it off of kind of the one that Denton did, which I think is the same thing. Like it's all kind of based off of a, 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 a you know, a, a certain document. Um, I don't know if it's going to pass in Fort Worth. Um, but I think it's great that we're, you know, the groundwork is being done to at least get some city council members behind it. Uh, if you're listening in Fort Worth and like you want to help this issue, what can I do in regards to women's rights? What can I do in regards to abortions? Maybe volunteer time. Maybe it's just donating money. Um, 
I was kind of asking Amber about that. Like she was really saying essentially contact. They haven't drafted the proposal yet. So like you can't not today, but maybe here next week. Uh, I'll definitely let you know next next episode if, if that's if that time timeline like works out. Um, once that's been proposed and sent to the legislators, the legislators, the city council, I guess they're legislators. Um, you know, then we can start calling them and emailing them and saying, hey, please, I hope you support this proposal. But that would be a really big thing because they don't really hear from their constituents very much. So if you can if they can hear from five, six, seven, eight, ten, you know, on a certain issue, you know, outside of the council, you know, outside of the public comment sort of thing. Uh, that's gonna that really is gonna sort of sway them. But in addition to that, organizations would be uh, organizations like the TEA fund, which is the Texas Equal Access Fund. She said that's probably like the biggest, um, like women's you know issues, abortion issues in Texas. She said most of these organizations now are, are shut down because of the, the new law. Like a lot of these places don't exist. So there's a few that are still operating, but kind of in regards to more of like a women's shelter. Um, type sort of you know function um but still these these are going to be the organizations that are dealing with 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 a lot of this stuff uh, whole women's health is another organization we're gonna put links down below of course the aclu she said is dealing with the legal side of this stuff regarding women being prosecuted for abortion so the aclu is kind of helping do that and helping try and draft new legislation to deal with this so if you want to donate to the aclu that would certainly be beneficial planned parenthood of course uh, the DSA, obviously, the Democratic Socialists of America here in Fort Worth. There's also a Denton chapter and a Dallas chapter. They're organizing on this front as well with multiple organizations. So that is one that you could go go do stuff with uh, the Women's Center here in Fort Worth. And yeah, I don't know, Thomas. What do you think? Do you are there? What about in Arlington? I know you're kind of over near near there. Well, I'm in Garland now. Arlington oh, is right. kind of right. doing the same thing as Fort Worth. Uh, pretty much anything that that. Fort Worth has is going to be Arlington bound. You might have a little bit of Dallas interaction, but they're mostly, they're mostly some Arlington stand, some uh, Fort Worth stands. Um, you know, most of my work is either in Fort Worth or Dallas, so I don't have a lot of connections in Arlington, ironically. Gotcha. But uh, it's probably going to be about the same thing. Um, you know, various women's groups trying to stay alive, trying to provide as much support as possible. But if you don't if you don't see an area like an organization, I live in Garland now, by the way. Um, if you don't see an organization that uh, that's doing what you think they should do, maybe you should start one. Yeah, you know, we need more of that. We need more gra grassroots people, you know, getting things together. Absolutely, absolutely. That's really what it's all about. The more you know, civic community engagement. We don't even hear that word very thrown up very much anymore, but like, you know, back in the day, 30, 40 years ago, even, uh, people were more engaged in like what was going on and like, whether that's being in a, you know, uh, uh, a nonprofit organization or whether that's like starting like a book club, you know, or doing some sort of, you know, going to some sort of free classes or setting up some sort of seminars for people, for the public, you know, that sort of thing, like any, you know, or just, you know, even even just recreational stuff with your friends, like, hey, let's start a volleyball club or go bowling league, like all of those sorts of things, like at the very you're creating and fostering a community. And like, that's kind of what all what society is based on, right? Like we live in a society, we are here with other people. So we have to take care of each other. And if we want to feel that way, and if we want to foster that sort of vibe, like you, you have to build that community, you have to be a part of it. So volunteering, uh, or creating an organization or 
be, being a part of an organization or whatever. I, I, I got an email, Funky Town Fridge. You know, not that's kind of slightly an off-topic organization, but they're a very awesome local organization that's helping provide p- food for the homeless and unhoused. Like they sent out an email asking for more volunteers. Uh, so I mean, that's another that's another thing. So I mean, it, whether or not you know it, you m- might be oh making a huge impact. Oh, we're going to re-legalize abortion, or we're going to you know we're going to codify these new rights. That should obviously be a goal, but that's a long-term sort of thing now for, as, we're, as where we stand. So just like making your community a better place, right? Making your personal life and those that you interact with like better interactions. Like that is really like how we, how we kind of, you know, make change on, in, a lot of, in a lot of ways. So I think we need to do that. What else we've got going on? States can be sued for denying jobs to military vets. So that was one of the Supreme Court decisions that was like in the people's favor, in the veterans' favors. We had a guy suing the 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 VA or suing the state, um, and essentially they had had to go back and forth and to say, "Oh, can the state be sued by this or not?" And uh, yeah, so that was actually the only positive Supreme Court decision. Did you catch that one? Did you hear about that one? I didn't. I was too busy looking at you know the ones about. Losing abortion rights and the whole Miranda yeah. rights and the whole, you know, sovereign nations not being sovereign nations because they're indigenous. Yes, that's the real. Ugh, that's a really bad one. I was talking about that one yesterday. Yeah, the the sovereign nations. Once again, like when we just over and over and over again, right? <laughs> just take just going back, reneging on previous, uh, you know, agreements with with the natives and just lying and lying through our teeth. And so here we are again, just. You know, more states' rights power over these independent nations, right? That's where they're supposed to be. Um, yeah, the Remain in Mexico policy, I guess that was another one that was like kind of worked out actually, where during COVID, Trump had said, hey, if you're trying to immigrate to America, you have to stay in Mexico while we process your paperwork. Um, that's not the case anymore. Now you can, the Biden administration can do away with that and you can wait in the country like you see that's a good that's a good one yeah that's uh that's like the only two yeah those are the only two (laughs) positive ones yeah the epa being killed essentially which opens the doors for other maybe you know most types of regulations to be killed we're like literally going back to the gilded age in regards to like the freedom of corporations and businesses to do as they will with people and with the with the you know environment and nature in our planet um it's pretty sad you know this is it's just specifically in regards to the epa if you if you don't know um you know in regards to regulating nuclear power plants or not nuclear power plants, just power plants in general being able to regulate their emissions and now saying oh the epa oh the environmental protection agency can't protect the environment by telling power plants what they can and can't do you know with their waste uh and so now that that door has opened, now it's kind of like regulation in general re- across multiple sectors of the economy, like what can and can certain government bodies, EPA or otherwise, do, uh, you know, to other other companies. So with this court, you know, we're likely to see a lot, you know, get, go back to the 1890s. Like that's really where, where a lot of this is going. Child labor is going to come back at some point. It I'm already is. It, now. it already is in certain parts of the country. Um, what state was it? It was like Wisconsin or somewhere up north. They they are be, to deal with the labor shortage. They're like now allowing I think eleven year olds 
to to work uh, after eleven year old. Yeah, it was like eleven and twelve year olds, uh, and allowing other minors, I think, up you know under under sixteen year olds to like work till eleven p.m. or something. They weren't allowed to work that late at night or something. And so, yeah, just trying to deal with. Way to go, America! What what, what a W, man! Yep, we're just winning all the things. Some school districts, this might have been in Texas, I don't remember. Some smaller school districts were like hiring students to to drive the school buses. Um, to do that. Oh, that'll go over well. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> and it sucks too because, like, our young people, a lot of them are just like, you know, from their perspective, they just want to get some money, right? They want to, they want to be independent and they want to have some, some cash in their pocket to be able to go do things, right? And so you do that by getting a job and making money. And it's like, oh, I feel good about myself because I got this job, you know? And I talked to a lot of my students who are just being, you know, their bosses are just kind of slave driving them to work, you know, 12 hour days on the weekends or whatever. And oh, I'm getting mm -hmm. overtime. So it's cool. But it's like, but they're exhausted and, and they have, you know, they have no social life now because they're, they're caught in the grind culture of like just having to make as much money as possible because it's cool to make as much money as possible. And so, as a result, I'm like, you're 17 and Walmart is working you till two in the morning. Like that's not even legal. Or you're 16, I guess, because I guess if you're 17, you're, you're an adult. Yeah. But this is, yeah, I mean this, but I've got multiple students who are uh, minors, you know, and they're working illegal hours and it's like, they don't even know it because they don't know, you know, mm -hmm. we don't know what our workers' rights are. And the companies are going to tell them and the manager probably doesn't even know that that's illegal, right? Like in a lot of these instances, the people running the stores don't even know what the laws are. So right. It's, it's, and they they like it like that because then they can, you know, kind of sweep stuff under the rug. Yeah. Which is ironic. If it ever gets that bad, the first people they're going to throw under the bus are going to be the managers that didn't know. Exactly. It's like, oh. And so then, oh, now we got a scapegoat. So cool. It's this person's fault. When that person's, you know, just as just as ignorant essentially as everybody else. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a dirty sort of system. So yeah, no, I I agree with you. We are we are going back to child labor and we're already starting to see signs of that. I mean, the same thing if you, you know, another another gilded age example is like the the company towns, right? Like you had your mining town where you you couldn't essentially leave, you know, and you were paid in scrip, you were paid in gift card money that you could only spend at the company store that wasn't good anywhere else. So then you had to like pay right. your rent and buy all your stuff from the store where everything was inflated on the price. Which, by the way, they never they never paid you enough to cover your rent. They exactly. paid you enough to get credit for your rent so that you never owned anything. Exactly. Essentially indentured servitude. Well, that you know, you heard about, you know, the 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 Elons and the and the Bezoses talking about colonizing Mars and company town you know you, know, you can go up there and you can pay back pay yeah. pay back the debt that you that it costs to fly you to mars or whatever by like working <laughs> it's like it's the same stuff man uh okay sorry it's like i've seen this before yeah this is why history is important right some people haven't seen it yeah. before it's not so obvious yeah. if you if you haven't um do you hear about the ken paxton thing I'm oh, sorry. What did you say? No, I didn't. I didn't hear about that until I saw it on episode planning, and I have to tell you that's some of the best news I've seen all day. Uh, it, best news, really? I mean, I don't. Some of not not the best. <laughs> I mean, it's just more because, yeah. Go ahead. Because what this implies is that there's a state bar lawsuit trying to get him removed. 
Okay, I see which is saying. good. Yeah, and of course this would be his move if if he you know yeah so yeah I hear you. This is this is a, a good development. I'm, we'll see how it goes. Essentially, yeah. Ken Ken Paxton seeks to dismiss State Bar's lawsuit against him over his attempt to overturn the 2020 election. So yeah, so he's got a lawsuit against him, and he's like essentially saying, "Where's the quote in the thing?" Of course, this will be down below in the show notes. It, it's kind of a silly quote. Uh, this uh, where's man? This is a little tiny little thing. In the court filing, Paxson said the state bar's commission for lawyers' discipline, which filed the suit, had no authority to quote police the decisions of a duly elected statewide constitutional officer of the executive branch. In <laughs> quote. Uh, and so that that's what that's all his defenses. It's like the, the commission for lawyer discipline. Uh, they don't have any say over over an elected official, even though I'm an elected lawyer and I'm a lawyer. So you think that'll hold up in court? We're going to wait and see. It depends on which court it ends up in. I mean, realistically, I don't see see him getting disbarred, but it'd be nice. Yeah, I, I mean, do think it's kind of ridiculous that somehow he had the stand. He thought he had the standing to overturn elections in battleground states that didn't involve Texas. Yeah, that was pretty embarrassing when that happened. It's like, who does this guy <laughs> think he is? You know, that that like literally like doesn't make sense. You're a state attorney general, and it doesn't involve your state. Yeah, it's like, come on. But that's that's our attorney general, and he won his primary, so he's running again. We can get it. We can knock him out in November, though. If you if you're not registered to vote, get voted, please. Get get voted. Get registered, please. Please register to vote. Uh, and then get voted. And then get voted. Exactly. We didn't even get to talk about the uh, three, the fifty-one people who died in a truck. Um, that like happened, I think a day or two, like after our last episode. Um, yeah, it's a pretty bad look, right? Yeah. For our state. Like the one time we actually find something that that's bad at the border or around the border, you know? Yeah. I mean, three men in custody after death. So 51 people found in San Antonio trucks. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine finding this. And like, this is just a tragedy. This is a really big tragedy all around. Like, we've got the mass shootings tragedies, right? I mean, the number of people who died in this, this is just as big, bigger if you just want to count bodies, which I don't think is maybe the best way to value these things. But um, yeah, this is this is terrible. And it's it's kind of like, who do we blame for this, right? Like, is it the you know, Quixotes who are doing this, who are transporting people into our country? Is it the migrants for being illegal and breaking the law by crossing our invisible line? Or is it more like, you know, the fact that we have these, you know, insane immigration laws and the fact that we make it so difficult to become welcome at our country, right? People wouldn't be having to do the things like this, resort to things like this. Um, if we just got rid of borders, I don't know, Thomas, we haven't talked about this. What's your position on borders? <laughs> like... So I think it's kind of hypocritical to be like, you know, a nation that taps itself as a nation of immigrants, but having like very, 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 uh, 
abrasive immigration laws, you know, when it takes 20 years to become a citizen in this country. Yeah. In some countries, um, depending on where they're from. Yeah. Depending where you have a serious problem. And then like a lot of them, they're not coming here because they want to be an American and leave their family. You know, they're coming here because they need a better life. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times like these migrants are probably told, Hey, we'll get you over there. If you pay me this much, we'll get you there. And you just have people, you know, taking advantage of their naivety and their, their need, you know, you get people in these situations where they're desperate, Absolutely. you know, and it's, and when you're desperate, it's really easy to, to go and miss, you know? And that's the th- that's the thing that bothers me. I think by about a lot of conservatives, and I, and and maybe not just conservatives, but people in America, we we dehumanize immigrants for some reason. Oh, those people don't deserve to be treated as human beings, or like you know, we, we always call them. We always refer to it as like a citizenship thing. It's like, well, you don't deserve to be treated like a human because you're not an American citizen. But it's like, but you're a human being. Like we should be treating all human yeah. beings with the same dignity regardless. And like you're saying, these a lot of these people, like some of them are from Mexico, yeah, uh, because Mexico's next door, but a lot of these people are coming through Mexico to get through Mexico. to, get to yeah. America. Places like Guatemala, places like Honduras, like, you know, uh, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, you know, all of these, these Central American countries have a lot, depending on which ones you're talking about, have a lot of instability. You know, I noticed something about the people who are very anti-immigrant. Not a lot of them are you know, indigenous tribal members, a lot of them are descendants of immigrants. Yeah. I mean, most. Yeah. I think you could say that. Almost all of them. Yeah. People who've been here for, you know, multiple generations, like at some point, yeah, they came over here. And that's, and that's the thing. It's like you, you're being a hypocrite that the, (laughs) the boat or the bridge that your father, grandfather, grandmother, grandmother came over on, um, you know, you're, you're not willing to extend that same, you know, way in it's like you're you're closing that off and it's just it is the gaslighting that has kept white supremacy alive yeah i mean i think it, it really is it's a cycle for it sure. really is because what what they'll what they do at first when white was just a concept was it used to be like upper class germans and british people and you, you had to be protestant you could be catholic and what they would do is you'd have one generation show up in america and they kind of you know, be mean to them, and then eventually the, that group of people would assimilate, and then you have another group of people, and the group of people that just got assimilated, now they're attacking the group of people that just came in there, and sometimes that group of people that just came in there are like, would be from the village they came from, yep. or from the same country they came from. So they'd literally be harassing their own kinsmen. Yep. And you saw this, you know, you see this in all parts of the country, you see it in, in New York with the Irish, and with mm-hmm. the Italians, and with Jewish immigrants, like you see it in all, you know, all sorts of groups down here in the South. It's obviously with different, you know, people from different parts of Latin America. But yeah, I mean, you can a, a big, a big if on the conservative side of it, on the Latin Latino side of it, like just look at the big Cuban population in Florida, you know, and like uh, th- they are some of the the most conservative uh, anti-immigration type people, and like they came they came over here like a generation or two ago. Um, and so, I don't know, it's just a very big hypocritical sort of thing. Same thing, I mean, I see it among my Latino student population. Like, some of them are like, you know, no, you shouldn't be able to come in unless you're a citizen, you don't have your paper. And I, you know, and I think maybe that comes from my, like my family 
did the right thing or came the right way, you know, or whatever. And so it's like, I don't want other pe people to, you know, have to, I want other people to have to make the same sacrifice as I did or go through the same struggle that I did. Like, it's this weird sort of thing where it's like, I suffered, so everybody else should have to suffer too. Which no, is, you're supposed you know? to make it better for the next generation. Like exactly. Exactly. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird sort of like pathology on it or whatever. I don't know. But to me... I feel good today. I, that's the first time I've cursed. <laughs> Actually, it's not, but that's okay. You're totally fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, I, 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 I almost I, cursed again just now. I was. You're good. You're good. You know, you can curse. <laughs> I don't care. I, I, I got my pin ready to go. Right down the little timestamps. Um, <laughs> it's, it's all good, dude. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I mean, to be when Amber was on the podcast, she was worse. She was the worst one. I, I, she was. I was always having the struggle to write down all those. Um. Man, what was I saying? Oh, so I mean, just like borders, man. Like to me, to me, this is this prob problem. It's a pro it's a problem we're creating, right? Like on multiple levels. Right. Because what? Well, you can ask why? Are, why are people leaving El Salvador? Well, it's like well, it's because of you know the the the. I, I guess you can use the word cartels. I don't even know if one organized crime that you've got in these places. Well, where did that come from? Well, it came from the American prison system, uh, and it be, it came mm -hmm. from the war on drugs. And when we, you know, criminalize all these people and imprison them, uh, they became very organized. This is how we created a lot of the gangs that became an issue in the 90s. Uh, and then we deported them all back to their homes. And so they had these very strong organizational ties that now have been transported back home. And so now mm -hmm. those those organizations are like, you know, causing violence and, you know, uh, human trafficking young girls. And so you have families, men that are like taking their daughters. I don't want my daughter to live here. I'm taking her out of here so she can be safe. We're going to ride a train you know, from, from El Salvador, from Guatemala to, you know, through Mexico to get to Northern Mexico, which is an arduous journey in itself, just so we can cross the border so I can <laughs> find a better place so I can get to somewhere better. So my children can have better opportunities, you know, which is like, that's what every, right. that's what every mother or father, like, you know, or most, you know, want, want for their children. And then it's like the second part of us creating this is then is like how we deal with people coming in the border. And again, it's like, it's like a recriminalization or re-traumatization and because of climate change, because that's our future, people are going to be moving. And you, we've talked about this before, but it's like people are going to be moving. People are going to millions and millions, probably billions of people are going to leave their home because a maybe maybe their current home is underwater or inhabitable, too hot, too mm -hmm. cold, too dry, too wet, whatever. It's going to change, right? And so people are going to have but to. But it's leave. not happening now, so it's not my problem. It must not be true. So, like, are you going to lock all those people up? Like, what do you, how do you deal with that? And so, like, to me, it's like, well, we should just get rid of borders, like, in regards to, like, policing. You want to know the answer to that? You know? It's going to get real Nazi up in that bitch. That's what I think. I mean, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you're wrong. But that's how a lot of countries have dealt with immigration, you know? militarized borders big fences america is not alone in that and it's you know i think that's just going to create more problems for ourselves as a race you know as a, as a species or whatever right if we just start digging in the trenches you know that's not that's not the way to go if we if we had an open border this wouldn't have happened this and what i mean by this is what we started talking about like the truck with the dead migrants like that there would be no no need for that there would be no necessity. You wouldn't even have a black market 
to where people would be making money off of, you know, moving <coughs> people across the border. You'd get rid of that. And so, I, I mean, that to me, obviously, that's the best solution, solution. But I mean, we're not, I don't know why I'm even talking about this. I know we're not headed there, but I just want to like, I don't know. Open borders is not something I feel like that is a, a conversation that's mentioned enough. So I just kind of want to like, you know, some people to marinate on that for a little bit, I guess, if you haven't thought, thought about the concept, because it is kind of a radical concept. I'm not saying get rid of all the lines on a map and we're all one you know, country or whatever, but like, look at the EU, right? To mm -hmm. act, you know, it's, it's an agreement between all these countries where they have free trade and free migration. So you don't have to show your papers when you go from England to France or France to Germany or whatever. You're all part of the EU. Like we could do that here in North America. And you could just cross the border because we're all North American citizens or whatever. Like, you know, that's a step in the right direction. But, you know, for a multitude of reasons, again, like you said, because of white supremacy for a large part of it, we don't want yep. you know, brown people just to be coming up in our country willy nilly. You know, that is what this really does come down to. And it's sad. Yep. So I don't know, man. I know this is like not the type of normal episodes that we do, dude. Like I, I just, I wanted to just like talk to you about crazy stuff. <laughs> like I just it's, wanted it's to commiserate. Real out there, folks. <laughs> it is, man. It is. This is a really weird time to be alive in America. And so it's like I don't know. We got a big election coming up. Obviously, you know, between now and November, we'll do more to educate and get people ready to go so we can try and change things here on a local level but it's just a lot has happened at the national level here since our last episode and it's just like i don't know man it's a lot to think about i don't even know what to say you got anything to say this is like short we're like 40 minutes in and i'm like i feel like we hit all the stories but like i don't even know what to say bro like i don't i'm sorry Damn, that's that's what I got to say. Um, <laughs> this is this is definitely one of the low points. Um, Under Nation, probably one of our more sad episodes. You know, like it's just you have people to start who are fighting any means of trying to make anything better. I mean, like literally just not showing up to their job. Talking about the Republican lawmakers. Because they'd rather watch Democrats fail than see America succeed. Um, and that's that's probably the most dangerous thing is you have people standing in the way of progress. Yeah. And they're and supposed to be fighting for it. You know, take the whole gun violence thing. We had to pa pass a gun violence bill, but it wasn't nearly enough of what it needed to be. And people are attacking, you know, John Cornyn's bitch ass for agreeing with that. Um, I do have to call him that. I'm no, sorry. yeah, that's his. That's, huh? his, that's his name. That, that that that's his name. That's his title. It's, John it, bitch ass Cornyn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but you know, they're standing in the way of progress. They're standing in the way of anything that can give us any relief. And right now, they're in power. So that's. That's discouraging. What we have to do is organize better. We need to actually show up and vote. Yeah. We need to, you know, run for office. If we don't like who's in the office, we need to do something about it. And this is going to change overnight, folks. This is going to be a problem that we're going to have to deal with 
for some of us for the rest of our lives, you know? Yeah. And it sucks, but that's where we're at. I'm sure you've seen, there's been multiple pictures over the past, you know, few years of protest uh, with like, you know, some 75 year old lady on like, you know, a walker at the protest with a sign that's like, I didn't think I'd have to be out here doing this again or something, you know, stuff like that. Right. But it's like, you know, you're, you're not wrong. This is a lifelong struggle. I mean, that's what civil rights mm. is. Like civil rights is a lifelong struggle. There's this Chomsky quote that I have like posted to my Twitter. That's like, you know, essentially saying that the activism is, is a, essentially a lifestyle. It's a day in day out determined long-term perspective sort of thing. It's not voting once every four years. It's not voting once a cycle and just hoping things change and get better. It's like, you, ha you know, you have to know and understand a lot of things are going to fail, but you can't stop. And if you don't stop and if there's enough movement and enough organization, like you're saying, you know, you can act achieve real change. But yeah, we've got a we've got a long way to go. It's embarrassing to me, like. How quickly the Democrats try to turn this into a campaign or a money making, you know, opportunity. Oh, it's shameful. Fundraising. It's absolutely shameful. You know, like. They're trying to turn it into a money-making campaign when they're not doing anything about it. Like, you would think there'd be people like Democrats in the Senate that are just filibustering fucking everything. Yeah. And being like, yeah. you're not doing a single thing. Which, by the way, if they lose the majority, that's what they need to do. Just kill the filibuster. Feet in the sand, filibuster it, and then they need to filibuster any attempts to get rid of the filibuster, you know? I think we should have really got just, rid of it, to be honest. Like, well, here's the thing: you don't want the Republican Party to be the one that gets rid of it, though. You, well, I mean, that, because then I don't think they will either. I don't think, that, but maybe if they get enough power to where it does that, where it's mm -hmm. not going to bite them in the ass if they get rid of it, they may, they may. But like, we we should have gotten rid of it, you know, a while ago because essentially what it does is it, it just maintains the status quo. It puts those who are in power in more right. control. And so what, what I'm saying is it's, it's a way to obstruct, even if they're in the minority, that's what it's built for. So they can use that to obstruct the GOP from doing anything. Yeah. And, and then they're going to the GOP is going to have to come to the table with something. I mean, you're right. And that's how it's functioned for for decades. But it's like it's not it doesn't it's less democratic. It's it's a less democratic like tool or mechanism. you're right. You know, you're right. It, We're not in a democratic situation <laughs> right now. We're really not. They're talking about gerrymandering the hell out of everything and just locking everything down the way it is. So we're not really in a democratic situation. I mean, and some people say, but we, we never still have, have to get things done. Yeah. What'd you say? I mean, it's some people, it depends on who you talk to, right? And how you feel about it. But America has never been a democracy, a true democracy, right? And so it's, I don't, no. you know, it's, it's, I guess it's a matter of degrees, but. I, that's my whole thing. I'm I'm definitely of the proponent. Like, get rid of the filibuster in general, even if it burns. You know, at some point, it still takes. Because my reasoning behind this is that the Senate is too powerful and not beholden enough to the people, um, because of it's the way it's set up. A hundred members to you know two per state sort of thing. And like we've seen with right. Mansion and with Cinema, like two people have held up the entire country. Um, <coughs> We wanted to do a bunch of stuff in the Biden administration early on. We didn't get any of that mm -hmm. done because of these two senators. That's too much power. Um, and so, like that, this would depower the Senate in a way that. But I hear you, and you're totally right. Like it could 
be disastrous, you know, when, when Republicans are in power, because then Democrats wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Um, but like, I agree with you. We are in extreme times. And so I think, you know, calls for extreme measures, but I don't know. I don't know, man. Yep. This is a lot of stuff. It's all very complicated. Who knows what the long-term consequ consequences is for a lot of this or are for a lot of this. I don't know. We'll see. I'm hopeful that this November, you know, we really do see, despite all the gerrymandering and despite all the voter suppression and despite every, all the, you know, everything that's happening, it's possible we could see, you know, a, another historic sort of turnout, you know, a, a, a referendum, if you want to call it that, like, yeah, you know, it could be that this could be, this election could be an utter rejection of like what's happened. Um, and that like, whether or not we are having a, 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 a democracy or not, right? Like that is a statement that will have to be reckoned with. Like the, the government will have to respond in some way in regards to, okay, this is, people are obviously feeling this about this. So if the Republican party wants to maintain power, they're going to have to, you know, make some changes, make some adjustments in that new political climate of a rejection of that magnitude. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. It's, it's weird because of the whole Trump thing. You know, the Republican party is pretty divided, uh, in regards to pro Trump, anti Trump. Should, should that, should he be the leader or not? Should it be DeSantis? Looks like probably DeSantis is like going to be the nominee. You know, we'll have to, it was not Trump. It's going to be DeSantis. That's where we're going. Yeah. But Trump doesn't want like Trump hates DeSantis. He doesn't want, you know, now that they're against each other, like that, that's not what he wants at all. Yeah. And so he's got his, you know, 20% or whatever, 30% of like diehards that will always, that will do go with Trump no matter what. But then you've got, well, if you look at, if you look at every fascist regime, which is what we're talking about, um, there's always like some guy who comes out of nowhere and everyone's like, oh, this guy's bad. And then some younger dude always shows up and ends up being way worse than the first dude. Yeah. I mean, we just look at Florida and see what he's doing in Florida as governor. Uh, as evidence of that. Mm -hmm. But but I mean, but that's, you know, okay, great. The Republican Party is doing that. They're getting worse or more extreme or whatever. Okay, fine. But like it, that's not the whole party. They don't they that's not that's just a faction of the party. They don't have that right. support. You have that Lincoln Project, you know, faction of who who are like, you know, funding campaigns against you know bobert and against uh what's his name in south carolina uh caldwell and and mm. so i mean there's money there's a little big money kind of backing these you know against the extreme side of the republican party so they're gonna have issues it's just a matter of like is the left are the democrats going to be able to take advantage of that you know that sort of split and you know are the progressives really going to be able to come out and win in November, because that's the other thing. Like there could be a resounding, and I think we've seen this for, for, you know, multiple cycles now. Those are yeah. the successful democratic candidates, the AOC types, your Ilhan Omar's, right? Your Rashida Tlaib's, your, uh, you know, uh, totally blanking on it in Georgia. What's her name? Our favorite Stacey Abrams. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Stacey, yeah. You know, like these, these are the people who get a lot of attention, who, who are, you know, they're running on the Bernie Sanders, you know, a plan, right? That's essentially what they're doing. They're using that sort of strategy, that sort mm. of platform. 
And those are the ones that are being very, very successful. So we can, you know, if we see that again in November, like in a resounding, like overwhelming sort of, you know, way, then I think that the party's going to have to respond to that. It's going to be, okay, if we want to survive as a party, you know, we're going to have to make these adjustments. Um, so I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Because right now they're, they're more interested in courting Republicans than they are in courting progressives. Oh, for sure. hundred Because that's what the power is, right? The progressives don't have any power. So don't give a shit about them. But right. it's like, oh, but with these Republicans, we got these are the ones we got to work with or whatever. Or, or the quote-unquote moderates, you know, the corporate Democrats. Not even moderates, right? But the, mm-hmm. the corporatists, like your mansions and cinemas, like they're more concerned about courting and working with them um, than, right. they, than they are, yeah, any sort of progressive. The progressive caucus, I think, in, in the House, I think is like 160, 170 members. But like, but it doesn't work. Requ- there's no requirement to be a part of a caucus. You just say, oh, I'm a part of this. And so, you know, 75% of those are like, you know, your regular corporatist type Democrats. They just want to say they're progressive because it looks fancy. Uh, and then you have like your small 25 percentage of like the actual progressives in, in the house. So it still is like, even though AOC gets a lot of news coverage or whatever in regards to like the actual power that they have in the house or, and or Senate, like it's not a lot. Um, but that could change. And like that, I don't know that re- like, I was having a conversation with my buddy about this the other day about, you know, how long the American government could, could last or hold or whatever. And essentially it's like, this is this next, you know, two to four, six years is really going to be, I think what makes it or breaks it. it there's right. You know, democracy is supposed to be the, be the release valve. The people, the will of the people being served is the release valve. So if we see change in the direction of what people actually want, then it'll calm people down Things will chill out, you know, for a time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and things get better. But if things don't, like if things just continue to get worse and worse and worse and like nothing gets better and nothing changes, like it will break. That's what happens. And it's happened, you know, over and over and over again uh, in different parts of the world in the past decade. Like you just go back decades, you know, or middle of the 20th century. It's a bunch of different examples of this happening in different places, of just regimes falling apart, countries having revolutions or whatever, governments being overthrown. A lot of times it's because America's involved with throwing money behind it, right? But like, you don't you don't need to, you know, write a science fiction about like, oh, what could happen? Like, there's a bunch of real life examples about how this happens. And like, you either the people's will is served. This is, you know, Machiavelli stuff, right? Like, just, just read The Prince. He was saying the same yeah. thing in, in the 1500s. Like the will of people is served or not. And if not, then, you, you know, what, look out for the guillotine, you know, or whatever. like that's how that goes. Um, so I don't know, like America should, if in theory, because this is the great democratic experiment, if if democracy works the way that we've set it up, uh, then the release valve will work and we will blow off some steam and things will get better. And I really hope that's what happens. Um but if corruption has gotten so bad to the point to where like that's not possible, you know, politically, bureaucratically, or whatever, uh, yeah, then things are gonna get bad. You know, and at that point, I don't know what we do. That that'll become a regional issue. And here in Texas, boy, boy, howdy, I don't know what we do. <laughs> you know? I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I'm just rambling over here, like in sci-fi land. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're getting very meta today, and I like it. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm just, I don't know. I guess I'm in a weird headspace. But We're all in a weird headspace right now, man. Like, you realize how much we've had happen in the past, like, year and a half, two years? 
This is more than anyone usually experiences in their entire lifetime. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. We've had how many economic disasters? <laughs> we had Roe v. Wade getting overturned. We had 9-11 happen. Yeah. We had to live through what? The longest war in American history? Yep. We didn't even also know it, right? Colors. And that was weird. Like Vietnam yeah. was like, you know, we were there for a while before people started really stirring things up. But there was, you know, almost a decade of like heavy protesting. You didn't hear, you didn't hear crap about Afghanistan. You didn't hear anything about it. No. Nope. You know? <sighs> That's weird. <laughs> You're right, man. Yeah, this. Yeah, we've gone through a lot, dude. Like, it's weird. Weird time to yeah. be American. Well, I don't know, man. I, I, I guess I got nothing else to to say unless we just keep ruminating i don't know if that's the best thing i don't know if that's what you want listener i think um yeah no i think we're good i think i think we've hit all the points today yeah we'll be back to our regular schedule next episode <laughs> we'll have you know a more substantive episode and topic to, to cover and discuss um probably have an update on that resolution if, if it's it, it probably won't i imagine won't have been voted on yet It'll probably proposed to the city council here in a week and a half hopefully so maybe that's something we can talk about and focus on. Yep. Well, cool, buddy. Well, as always, good chilling and talking. And we'll see you again next week or here in a week and a half. Yes, sir. Bye. Bye. Peace. Bye.